so let's uh, pivot a little bit because um, we could talk about Trump until uh, the end of the year here and all his craziness. Um, at uh, beginning of the week, uh, the DNC made some announcements about the next debate or the debate in November. Um, do you want to go over uh, the new criteria that was laid out for the candidates running for the nomination? Sure. Uh, throughout our n Democratic uh, primary process, our North Star has been very clear. We want to make sure that everybody gets a fair shake. Uh, we want to make sure that we are very transparent in articulating our rules, that we give the candidates ample time to get on the debate stage. And in an un uh, unprecedentedly large field, that everybody at the end of the day uh, feels like they got a fair shake because they, in fact, did get a fair shake. And so we have been very uh, deliberate uh, and transparent about our thresholds. We started out at 1% or uh, 65,000 uh, grassroots donors. That had never been done before. Uh, and we did that because, again, we wanted, uh, we, we wanted to make sure that people who didn't have national name ID but were incredibly qualified had an alternative pathway to make it to the debate stage. So that's what the criteria was for the first uh, two debates. And then for September, October, we were at 2% and 130,000. And again, the closer you get to the primaries, you got to show that you're making progress. So now for November, uh, we've established a threshold of 3% in uh, four polls, no less than four polls, or alternatively, and, and uh, this is, again, a function of some of the studying we've done from previous campaigns, 5% in uh, two polls in one of the four battleground states. And the reason we did that is because what we have seen in the past is there have been some candidates who have chosen to focus uh, the entirety or the bulk of their energy on one state, trying to... Uh, use that to catapult them into um, uh, success. And there has been, there are examples of uh, where that is proven effective. And so those candidates who've chosen that pathway, we wanted to make sure that uh, we gave them an opportunity. So if you have 5% in uh, two polls in one of those early battleground states, you can get to the debate stage. And then finally, 165,000 uh, grassroots donors. So uh, folks who've made it already have gotten to the 130, so they need to get another 35,000. And again, uh, if you're going to win this campaign, you've got to connect with the grassroots, and I think that's critically important. And I've met a number of people who've said to me, it was really neat to watch the debate and see that my $10 or my $20 or my $1 that went to that candidate, they made the debate stage. They, they feel like they're part of it. And and I think when we have motivated voters uh, that's how we win. So uh, that's what we've done for November, and uh, we've communicated it clearly to the candidates, and we'll see we'll see who makes it. So, Tom, the fourth debate, speaking of, is taking place in Ohio, the, the Ohio suburbs, a place that, of course, Hillary Clinton lost by a significant margin in 2016, but that Barack Obama won by a narrow mar margin in both 2008 and 2012. Do you think Ohio is a state that Democrats can win this time? Absolutely. Uh, I, I have a lot of faith in Ohio. I, one of my closest friends in the Senate is Sherrod Brown, mm -hmm. uh, who in many headwind elections uh, where Republicans have gone after him, he continues to win. And where we are holding the debate in Ohio is a really, example, a really good example of where the progress and opportunity exists, not only in Ohio, but in a lot of states. Uh, we, we will be at Outerbein uh, College, which is 
oh, about an hour or so from Columbus. And if you look, uh, when George uh, W. Bush was running in 04, he won that area of the state by a double-digit margin. And then mm -hmm. you move to uh, 2016, and Democrats are winning that area. And so you see a real transformation. Uh, in the 2018 cycle, we did well for a number of reasons, including but not limited to the fact that uh, Democrats are competing very well in suburbs and exurbs across America. I was just in Virginia a couple days ago. We've got critical state house elections, and, mm -hmm. and we're going to take over the state house of delegates and the state Senate there, I predict, in uh, less than 40 days, 45 days. And that's because you look at places like Prince William County, uh, these these outer ring suburbs in Virginia that used to be solidly Republican are now becoming uh, incredibly Democratic. And and so that location in Ohio, to me, is a real illustration for us of where we have opportunity. We're competing, obviously, in places like Cincinnati and Cleveland and Columbus and Dayton and mm -hmm. uh, Toledo and uh, Youngstown, et cetera. Uh, but in addition, I think we have the opportunity in places like Ohio to uh, compete in these areas where you know, folks have the same set of concerns, values, hopes, fears. You know, they want they want to make sure that the president's looking out for them on health care. I mean, this this president went to Ohio repeatedly and said there will never be a plant closure. <laughs> there will. And I quote, there will never be a plant closure. That's what he said in the run up to the 2016 election. There's now been roughly 100 plant closures under his watch in Ohio. And, yep. you know, and, and, and voters understand that it was the President Obama and the Democrats who saved the auto industry in 2009. The Republicans said, let the auto industry die. We saved the auto industry with no help whatsoever mm -hmm. from the Republicans. And now you have a president who made promises in 2016, and he broke those promises. So I get back to what I said before. This president has made the lives of people in the Buckeye State worse, lives for people with pre-existing conditions, lives of folks who used to work at the uh, Chevy plant in Lordstown. That shuttered. That was generational employment for um, folks in that area. It's gone. And this president lied to them. Well, and I'm glad you raised that, Tom, because I think sometimes Democrats struggle on how to talk about the economy when the unemployment rate is under 4%. But what you just really highlighted is that people are not always working in jobs that they want to be working in, right? A lot of people were, to your point, working you know, at, auto, at an auto factory um, in a job that they really loved, third, fourth generation. And now they're, you know, working at the Walgreens, checking out, or they're doing something that is not... They're not using their skill sets properly or effectively, and they're working in a job that, that, that frankly, is, is beneath their, their skill level. Seven and a quarter an hour is not enough to feed your family. You've got Correct. a president who, his, his chief economic advisor, Larry Kudlow, said we shouldn't even have seven and a quarter an hour. So, mm -hmm. you know, when you're working three jobs, that's not the dignity of work. Uh, when you are... Uh, when you don't have health care security, you don't have economic security. You look at one of the main reasons people file for bankruptcy is because they have a health care catastrophe. Thanks to Barack Obama and Democrats, thanks to LBJ with Medicare and mm -hmm. Medicaid, uh, so many more people in this country, our seniors and others, have that health care security. And when you don't have that security, 
then you have a pit in your stomach. And this president has made life far more difficult. One good job should be enough. And yeah. so when you look, and then when you look at wage growth under this president, you know, if, if, you're, if your wages go up by 50 cents and your health care and your housing and your gasoline and your cost of living goes up by a buck, you're not getting ahead. And, right. and Democrats want to make sure we get ahead. This president uh, wants to make sure that people like him get ahead. I think what people have seen, and again, getting the, this, this Ukrainian example, but the, the tax cut bill, what this is about, people want to know, is my president looking out for me and people like me? And I think the answer is becoming very, very clear. What is the one thing they've gotten done? It is a reckless tax cut for people like Donald Trump. They said it was going to be awesome for everybody. And that's turned out to be a bunch of malarkey. Yeah. And this is why I believe in Ohio. This is why I believe that we can win states like Ohio, because we have, I think, the values that command the respect of the majority of folks there. We've got, we're fighting for the issues people care about. And now he has a track record four years later, before he could make these promises. And people wanted to shake things up. They wanted, they wanted, uh, you know, an outsider and they voted for him. They wanted, they thought uh, his, uh, they, they thought his method of operation, shaking things up uh, would work for them. They, they wanted people who would who would improve their lives and what they've gotten is just the opposite. Uh, they thought he would have their back and it turns out he's had a knife in their back. Yep. And Democrats have your back on all the issues that matter most.